to Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, taking you through the weekend that was NFL and college football, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better from an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you have never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. A little bit of a sad Monday here for us two Chiefs fans talking about NFL football. We'll get into a little college football as well. A lot of overreactions for week two. But we should start top of the show with our Kansas City Chiefs lost last night uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. I thought the Ravens played really well, so hats off to them. I, I did some Ravens stuff this week, so I, I had to change my my Twitter profile to a picture of Lamar Jackson. Caught me off guard this morning that when I first saw it. I did not honestly think I was going to have to do it. Came in pretty confident uh, about the way that the Ravens played in week one. Uh, the ability of the Chiefs and what they had just matchup-wise against the Ravens. Felt pretty good about that matchup, but it, they did. Ravens played very well. They went by one point. I know a lot of people are questioning what went wrong. Why do you run the ball? It, it's hindsight. Of course you can say, you know, why would you run the ball in that situation? Yep. Well, if it would have worked out, we would have been talking about how great Andy Reid and Clyde edwards Lair are. Oh, exactly. But it didn't happen. Yeah, and I just – if you would have caught me last night doing this – it would not have been good. I've calmed down a lot. I was so aggravated last night with the Chiefs defense. Just the inability to stop the run is absolutely ridiculous. Two weeks in a row. Exactly. Like now, like week one, okay, it's the Browns. Good running game. Yep. The Ravens, also good running game. But you've allowed 400, a lot. You've allowed 400 rushing yards in the first two weeks of the NFL season. I think the official number is like 406. That's now, not good. Here's the thing. That is not good. But if we want to look at the flip side of it, you have played the two best running teams in the NFL in back-to-back weeks. So maybe moving forward and looking at the NFL schedule, I have it pulled up for the Chiefs. You play the Los Angeles Chargers next. You play the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, the Washington football team. And the next really like dead-set running team you have to worry about is the Tennessee Titans in week seven. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) And after what we saw last week, you better have it figured out by then. The only thing that concerns me heading into next week for the Chiefs, and I don't want to move forward too much because I want to still talk about this game, is that I hope they don't spend too much time focusing on the run game that they completely just disregard uh, on defense, like on how to defend the running game, that they spend too much time on that, and then they completely overlook the pass or don't focus on it, and then Justin Herbert comes into town and just lights you up through the air. Yeah, it definitely could happen. I was impressed with the Ravens last night, though. They're so beat up, and I know that we all know about – you know, the um, ACL injuries, the Achilles injuries that they're suffering. That offensive line was really beat up, too. And like I said, did some Ravens stuff this week. I even said Lamar Jackson's going to have to go out there and do it himself. Like He's going to have to create, be a magician out there. And he was. I, I know that he had two bad interceptions, a third one on a two-point conversion. But he, he makes enough plays on his own that you see why he won the MVP. You see why he's so dangerous and even on that fourth and one play um i don't know if you caught it but i mean harbaugh asked him like hey lamar you think we should go for it here oh i remember seeing that 
like everyone's freaking out about it now. Mm-hmm. I was watching it live. Yeah, I saw it live as and well. And when I saw that, I was like, yup, uh-uh. If he's sitting there asking Lamar Jackson, do you want to go for it? Lamar's, of course, going to say yes. And every time I've seen that, they've scored on it. The last time I saw it was in Kansas City. I think it was like a fourth and two near the goal line. And Lamar Jackson just completely broke Daniel Sorensen's ankles like he did several times last night. And Sorensen just goes flying by and he trots into the end zone. That was the last time I saw that. So when it happened again last night, I just knew it was game over for the Chiefs. There was just I saw a lot of people even saying, like, because I tweeted it out. It's like it took a lot of balls to go for that on fourth and one. And I think it did. But I did see a lot of people. I think, honestly, they're probably just a little bitter that it worked out. Like, oh, no, that's just what you have to do. Well, yeah, but it's still – it's an aggressive move. So I, I'm You're kind on of their the side of the 50. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they don't convert that fourth down, you have, what, was like 55 seconds left? Maybe the Chiefs a had a couple more. timeouts, yeah. maybe, even if they didn't. There was a minute – there was a one minute and 11 seconds left after that for the fourth down because they stopped him on third. Yeah, so, so, I mean, once they run that play, you're looking at about 55 seconds. Yeah. That's too much time for Mahomes with under 50 yards to go. Yeah. You had to convert on fourth down. So that does make it a ballsy play. I think the conservative approach would have been, well, let's punt it. Yeah. Pin them deep. I mean, that's what we usually see every Sunday, every game is, oh, we'll pin them deep. There's under a minute left. But I, I did think it was a ballsy call, and it worked out for him. And even watching the game, everybody knew what was going to happen. Yeah, you knew Lamar Jackson was going to keep the ball, whether it was some like rollout option pass run, but he keeps it, converts on fourth down. They kneel the clock to to end the game. Yeah, and the questions that I have for this defense moving forward, and I tweeted them last night, and I'll just read them here. I guess it's just at what point do you move Chris Jones back inside? I feel like they should have done that earlier in the game than they did because Chris Jones is at his best when he just knows. Go wreck half. Like, just go create some chaos. Just go fuck shit up. It's pretty much when Chris Jones is at his best. Instead, you have him on the outside where it's, okay, hey, are they handing the ball off to the running back or is Lamar Jackson going to fly by me? They could do either or with Chris Jones freezes because they're quicker than him. That's just the well, true fact of it. With the Ravens, one of the things they do best is they'll revert back to some of those option plays where it, it, they are literally reading Chris Jones and mm-hmm. saying, if you do this, we're going to do that. And they did it, it so many times last night. Mm-hmm. That's one part of their offense that they have that most teams don't. Like maybe with Justin Fields and the Bears, you have a little bit of that. And there's some other guys who are athletic enough to do it. But with Lamar Jackson, you can take Chris Jones out of the game on a lot of those option run plays. I do it to you in NCAA football all the time. Yeah, you murdered me with it. Yeah, even when you think, like, okay, I'm going after the quarterback. He's not going to run the ball on me. That's fine. I will give it to a running back, and he will take six <laughs> yards. Yep. And I, I feel like the Ravens do that better than anyone. And they're so confusing with their offensive line and the way that they're able to move guys around. I saw so many plays last night where it's like they would pull the right guard and right tackle and then run that direction. I don't see many teams doing that. Like, hey, we're just going to completely pull these two guys out of the way, and then we're going to run right behind where they were. But it confused the defense so much that everybody went with the guard and tackle. And Kansas City, like you're taught at linebackers, like read the guards. Where do they yep. go? That's where the play goes. Nope, not in Baltimore. <laughs> so the Chiefs kind of d- tried to do a play similar to that, where they did a guard tackle pull, and it looked awesome. You know, they had the the right guard and the right tackle pull, and that defensive tackle was like, "Screw you guys! I'm going right at the running back." I've seen this in practice. Yup, screw y'all. <laughs> and it was just like, are we freaking serious? Like they couldn't get. That was the other thing with the Chiefs last night. They could not get anything going on the run game. They had a couple plays that bursted, for like maybe ten yards, and that was it. 
And I know everyone's like, well, why didn't you like why'd you take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands at the end of the game? Okay, let's say they, they do throw one or two more times there and it gets batted at the line of scrimmage and then intercepted, or it bounces off of Demarcus Robinson or McCole Hardman's hands, or God forbid, mm-hmm. a Tyreek Hill, and then there's a safety under or behind them that intercepts it. Then we're like, why didn't we just hand the ball off to the running back that we yeah, dropped? That's in a the whole first hindsight round? thing. Exactly. And it's just so frustrating that everyone looks at it like, oh, Clyde Edwards Lair sucks. He's fine. I can remember doing a Saturday morning radio show with you quite like probably two years ago. And uh, um, we were talking about the expectations of the Kansas City Chiefs. And you were like, I love the expectations. It's great that we're back. And obviously it is good. But I do think that we saw a little bit of that as Chief fans of a lot of people. I even saw him calling for Andy Reid. Yes. Like, and this is maybe not so much on Twitter. I don't even know why I still have a Facebook account. But they're like... I saw one that was like, you need to fire Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Well, you don't fire him, for one. <laughs> and fire Andy Reid. It's like, after one loss in week two to a good football team? That's how you know you're, you've are you been really, really good, is that if you have one loss that's disappointing, it's like, fire the head coach. It's like, just shut up. You're the yeah. one person who should not be speaking on this if that's how you're going to re-overreact, if that's how you're going to overreact to it. Yeah. And this is Overreaction Monday, it's what everybody calls it. Especially in week two. If you would have got me last night, that would have been an overreaction Sunday night. <laughs> I was ready to just say, F the defense. I'm done with it. I can't believe it. I was so pissed off at Chris Jones. Can we talk about your demeanor coming into the office today? It looked really sad. <laughs> it was. I ate shit, I ate shit last night. I drank so much. No, I shouldn't even say so much beer. I just drank beer last night. I feel like I came in a little bloated. Alcohol is a depressant, by the way. It, well, I needed it last so night. So it's a Chiefs right. defense. <laughs> yes. And it's just, here's another thing. Daniel Sorensen and Ben Neiman, I love them to death. I wanted Ben Dude. Neiman to make this team so bad three years ago. Here's the thing. He's made the team three years in a row. Now I'm tired of him making the team. This dude is just, I don't even understand what's going on because he's not helping whatsoever. Daniel Sorensen, Yes, he's going to miss tackles, but this dude flies around at 100 miles an hour, and if you hit him with the juke, he's going to fly by you. That's just it. If you don't juke, sorry about you, you're probably going to die. That's what's mm-hmm. best about Daniel Swanson. He's going to end up making a play. He had a big sack last night, which was nice. But other than that, like you're just going to have to live and die, but that's who Daniel Swanson is. I have the question, where the hell is Juan Thornhill? I, 11 I, snaps is all he got last is night. Is it really? Damn. According really to the snap count, Thornhill that was it. But coming like, out of Virginia. We're, we're running a single high safety or whatever, and the play that gets busted open and Hollywood Brown scores off of it, whether it is on Charvarius Ward, whether it is on Daniel Sorensen, who came down when he was supposed to be single high, or whether it was Tyron Matthew who stayed underneath and he was supposed to go deep, which I don't think was the situation because he never makes that mistake. It's just how in the world do you let a guy open like that when you have a Juan Thornhill who can be your free-range safety and he's not on the field? Yep. He hasn't really been the same since that injury that he suffered. What was that, the end of his rookie season? Yeah, but the end of last year, though, it felt like he's kind of came back strong. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, there's the one thorn who we were seeing his rookie year before he got hurt, and now it's just, oh, we're not even going to play you. No. It, it was a rough Sunday for a lot of fan bases, not just the Kansas City one. Obviously, the, the Ravens are feeling it a little bit this week with a great win. I, I felt like they needed that win, too. Like, I know it's an overreaction, but starting the season 0-2 – is rough and it's hard to come back from but i want to get into these rookie quarterbacks too we've been so excited about them hey seeing them in preseason this was not a good weekend Mm -mm. for the rookie quarterbacks it was a very good weekend for my take that 
Mac Jones is probably going to win rookie of the year. He's the only quarterback that played well. And I don't like he didn't play good. He just was very boring. He didn't have any turnovers. He didn't have any touchdowns. He had two passes go over 20 yards. One was completed and one was incomplete. And they were both to the left side of the field. Yeah, it's just it's going to be very bland in New England for a while. But yep. when you look at what he was able to do versus what the other rookie quarterbacks were able to do, Sack Wilson, four interceptions. At one point, he had four incompletions and four interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they were bad. No, four completions, not incompletions, four completions and mm-hmm. four interceptions. Yeah. I mean, and watching one of them, it looked like it got tipped up a little bit. But then the three other ones, right to the defense. And I saw a lot of people, and I do love a little bit of pettiness too. And I did say, like, if I had to pick a quarterback that would bust, it would be Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. I'll stand by that because I said it. There were so many people that were, like, quoting – quote tweeting the interceptions and then would be like what but what about that throw at the the pro day <laughs> yeah everybody overreacted to that throw at yeah. the pro day that's like, the oh best throw we've seen of the whole pro day mm-hmm. but that the four interceptions not good now justin fields gets an opportunity to come in the game when andy dalton went out with an injury i really like justin fields he played bad yesterday so I know a lot of the Bears fans and a lot of just Justin Fields fans too have been calling him for be to be the starter to get more yeah. playing time I think a lot of people owe Matt Nagy an apology because clearly Andy Dalton is more ready to play right now than Justin Fields. It maybe you know Justin Fields needs to get in there and get his reps and get his licks and find out what it takes to play in the NFL. But he he did not look good yesterday either. Yeah, those were one of those games that I did not have uh, as an option to watch, so I didn't get to really see anything. But if that is the case, I mean the. Results came back from Andy Dalton's testing today that there's no ACL tear, there's no MCL tear. It just might be a deep bone bruise is what they said. And that's got to hurt like hell, but if you can play on it, they're probably going to need you to. I just hope it doesn't further injure anything else for him because if Justin Fields is not ready and you throw Andy Dalton back out there and he gets hurt anyways, it's like, well, now we don't have a choice. And the Bears did win, at least, and that's – that's really all that matters. But I did. I find it interesting that so many people were calling for, you know, Justin Fields to start and to play him early, based on really honestly, like if we're looking at it, one good preseason game. Yeah. And so then I think Andy Dalton kind of showed everyone, like, with the injury that maybe Justin Fields isn't quite ready yet. And I tell you, the other guy, Trevor Lawrence, that first overall pick. Uh, has been known to like I feel like everybody over for the last four years, he looked real bad too. I, I, and I don't know if he's to blame for it. I don't know if the Broncos defense is or the Urban Meyer thing, but this dude might set like the record for interceptions thrown in a season. He had two more on Sunday. He's up to five in two games. I don't know. I mean, Zach Wilson's got something to say about it. He's like, I threw four yesterday. Yeah, so you I only know, threw two. I saw you do three last week. Watch me one up you, Trevor <laughs> yeah. Lawrence. Like I can throw I'm interceptions than too. You. It's like I didn't know that's the game we were playing. That's and that's really why I go back to the Mac Jones might be the rookie of the year. I can't think of any other offensive rookies that are playing well. No, in the thing not yet. With only Mac, two weeks. Yeah, but. and the thing with Mac Jones and I saw this on like a next gen stats thing where they 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 gave you the passing chart of where all his completed and incomplete passes went. They're all literally less than 10 yards. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if you can get an offense moving down the field with it because you can just dink and dunk your way but, I mean, that's to a the, touchdown. That's what they did with Brady. It too. 100% they is. They were throwing yep. the ball deep. That's just 
what they want to do. Get it out quick. Let them go make some plays. And with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, he had one nice touchdown pass to Marvin Jones. And after that, it was like all downhill from there. I don't know if you saw the one play where he, uh, a Broncos defender hit him low and he got twisted up. It looked like everything in his knee should have just been torn to shreds. And it was Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. It was one of those low hits that is absolutely disgusting. He ends up getting up from it and it's fine. But it's like, man, you also got to protect this kid. As bad as he, as well as he did not play. Good God. As bad as he played. As bad as he played. Thank you. Words today are tough after last night. Just, <laughs> as good mm. as he did at not playing football well. <laughs> you got to protect That's him. about what I said. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what you're trying to get out. Um, but how about some other guys? Let's just pile on right here for injuries. Uh, your dude Carson Wentz, man. Man, you know I'm down. Just <laughs> go ahead and start kicking, boys. Uh, I know that Like I was watching that game. He gets pulled out, and it's like, yeah, he got rolled up on his ankle pretty bad. And it did look like – it looked weird. Honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't his hip that got hurt. I don't understand why he, like, threw his leg around to try and keep himself up either because that was his own doing. You know what some guys um, – with like the running back position, where you get these mobile quarterbacks. It's like some guys just don't know how to take a hit. They don't know how to fall. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is that dude. He does not know how to take a hit. Like he's a tough guy. He was running for his life yesterday, uh, but he he doesn't. He doesn't know how to fall. He doesn't know how to take a hit. And then we learned early this morning is actually both ankles. Sprained. Bofa his ankles. <laughs> Sprained both of them. <laughs> That's hard to do. I don't know how he's walking around today. Dude. Is he? Is it a double? Is it a double limp where he's like, ah, ah, ah. or are you in two? Just put boots him in a chair, and you're just straight legging that thing. Can you imagine? Or are they, you in a wheelchair? If they put him in two boots, <laughs> just him walking around. Not but to make like, fun of an injury, but like I kind of want to see it. You've been walking on your heels all day. <laughs> yeah. Like what's what's happening, man? Yeah, you ain't rolling that to your toes. Ain't no way. And I mean, we'll see what happens with him and when he's able to even come back. I was trying to find some other reports this morning, but there's just as of when we're recording, nothing really out yet. But I mean, Jacob Eason comes in that game. He also didn't look great, but you have to wonder about next week and if Carson Wentz is going to play. I know that I've poked fun. And ask the questions of like, when is it going to happen? I didn't expect it to be a new injury. And they play at Tennessee this next week. What was it our guy Dylan Duffy said? Like, he made it one week and one third of a game or was. Yeah. And then it was a trip to the hospital. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was not good. But I do have for you guys. For me, it was like, are we freaking serious? Again. And your whole thing of like, does he not know how to fall? Like, he doesn't know how to fall. I think he doesn't want to fall. And in him not wanting to fall, it's like, I got to keep myself up. And his lower body's like, we'd much rather you just fall. This would be nice. Uh-huh. I'm out. Yeah, maybe slide every once in a while. There's nothing wrong with that. Stop Some jumping don't forward. Know how to I, that's how he hurt it. That's how he tore his ACL. He jumped forward, diving into the end zone. And his leg got bent the wrong way. ACL said, see ya. I don't even remember that. That's one. how he got a concussion, trying to get more yards. Devon Clowney said, yep. I'm going to bury your face. I mean, he's in the a turf. big athletic concussion. guy. Mm-hmm. So I, I get wanting to make those plays and try to do what you can. But at, at some point, you just got to recognize the play's over. Yeah. Uh, there, there's nothing more for me to do here. And, you know, the Colts offensive line, I mean, they looked so bad. Eric Fisher apparently played yesterday. Mm-hmm. Tours Achilles comes back. Apparently didn't do shit. No. It didn't make a difference. Yeah, I saw Quentin Nelson have some pretty good blocks on Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald was still you know, pretty effective in that game. And speaking of that Rams defense, how in the world do you let Eason come in and go, just be like, throw anywhere you want? The, the, the advice should have been, 
see where Jalen Ramsey is and go to the other side of the field. Like, do not look <laughs> yeah. that direct. Like, how do you not tell him that as a coach? Yep. Like, I hey, know man, there we was got a... all the confidence in the world in you. No, we don't. Absolutely not. I don't know if you were able to watch that game, but there was a, a situation where one of the players was, like, kind of throwing, like, a little tantrum, and he accidentally bumped into one of the refs. Like, he's probably going to take a big fine for it. But he's kind of losing his mind, and then Aaron Donald grabs him by the helmet. And it's like, you need to calm down. <laughs> like, how quickly does a person calm down when it's Aaron Donald that grabs you by the helmet? It's like, hey, we're done with that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the huddle I go. Yeah. And then uh, immediately after, like, Aaron Donald grabs him, talks to him, lets him go. And then Jalen Ramsey does. Like, there might not be two more defensive players in the NFL that are more respected than those two guys. And they just happen to be on the same team. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Rams, Cooper Cup, I know I've been talking about Bobby Trees all offseason. Man, if I would have known that Cooper Cup was spending this much time with Matthew Stafford, I would have just changed my whole thing because that dude's tearing it up. I have him in every fantasy league. I got him in two, and it's been <laughs> very nice. Him yeah. and uh, Terry McLaurin have been. He was a guy that duo. I loved Cooper Cup in the draft. And it's like, I actually been. think this yeah. dude is pretty good. And then predicting Matt Stafford to just throw the ball all over the field, had to pick him up. He's another one of those guys, too, that I've picked up before in fantasy, and now – I'm a fan of Cooper Cup. Yep. And it, like he will be forever. And it wasn't the best performance by Matthew Stafford in that offense for the Rams, but a win's a win, and mm-hmm. you'll take him any way you can get it. Yeah, and another quarterback that went down with an injury um, is Tua. Tua went down with some broken or bruised ribs is what the – Is that the reports What are it's looking bruised? like. Uh, he had some x-rays this morning. They were negative, so no breaks in there, which is good. But he's another one of those guys – Kind of like Carson Wentz, man. The dude is always hurt. Like anytime he takes a hit, I think Dolphins fans have to worry about. Oh, did he get hurt again? I mean, it was the same way at Alabama, wasn't it? Like the yeah, ankle injury, then the, the hip, and now you're dealing with some ribs. That's tough, man. Yeah, and it's not going to get any easier because if you come back and play this next week, you're playing the Raiders, and then you got to worry about Ngakwe and Max Crosby, who's just an absolute animal right now. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to be 100 percent honest. I'm expecting. Okay. How worried are you about the Raiders? Do you want me to be honest? Uh-huh. I respect the hell out of them right now. <laughs> Everything is clicking for them. And usually I would be – like, if you had asked me this two years ago, I'd be like, man, screw the Raiders, dude. They're going to suck. I would ask you two days ago. <laughs> no, nah, I feel like I've been, like, somewhat hot. I, maybe just quietly to myself. It's like I feel like the Raiders might have something to be excited about. I was questioning what there was to be excited about, mm-hmm. but it would be nice to see them kind of be successful because I think they're one of those teams in the NFL, when they're good, the NFL is a lot more enjoyable to watch because yeah. that history's there. I, Derek Carr's been playing amazing football. Mm-hmm. And that pass that he had to Henry Ruggs deep down the field, I know everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, he dropped it right in the bucket. Now, when I think of someone dropping it in the bucket, it's in tight coverage, it's along the sideline, and I'm not taking anything away from Derek Carr. Because that dude launched that fucking ball yeah. down the field and just let Henry Ruggs run underneath it, and it was a beautiful play. That worries the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. If now, they can get that going. running offense, the running game, we haven't really seen that come to fruition yet, and you you bring in Drake out of nowhere, and you're like, we're going to run, we're going to pass. It's just it's confusing what they're wanting to do there, but their defense, they've shown that they can get stops. They've shown they can get turnovers. They hit hard. They get after the quarterback. And a passing game for the Raiders with Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs going deep, and Brian Edwards out of nowhere, it's something to worry about because those guys are everywhere right now. Yeah, I mean, even looking at early on in the season, week two, Raiders are 2-0, and 
but it's against the Ravens and the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm with you. I, I think we got to put some respect on their name because <laughs> those are two good quality wins. And like, I don't care if it came down to like a last second overtime, whatever, with the Ravens. Or you can look at the Steelers and be like, oh, they're so beat up. This offense isn't that good. A win is a win. Yeah. And they got two of those bad boys, and they've looked improved. Speaking of the Raiders, their next three, let's just say their next four or five games going up into the bye week, they get Miami at home, they go to L.A., which isn't that far from them. Chargers? Yep, the Chargers. Then they play Chicago at Denver and then Philly at home. Do you think they win all those games? Like, really? Like, I think you're finding it's Miami (laughs) because you got Jacoby Brissett coming in town because – Two is most likely not going to be playing. Even if he is, he hasn't looked great. Mm-hmm. But then, like you get the Chargers, that's worrisome. Chicago is Justin Fields playing quarterback. Surely, if he is, and how good is he playing? If yep. he is there, and then you get Denver and Philadelphia. Philadelphia looks unstoppable right now. Well, they lost yesterday to the 49ers. Well, but let me take that back. Then they their offense has shown the ability to just score. I like big plays. I think there's a really good possibility the Raiders. Are seven or no at the bye? God, they, yeah, they, it might actually happen, and it is. It's overreaction Monday, but they've looked very good. I think they can beat the Dolphins at the Chargers. It's going to be a tough win. The Chargers are a good team. There's not like a home field advantage though at that mm. stadium. Like not for the Chargers, maybe for the for the Rams. Yeah, but the Chargers, yeah, probably not. Like, and the other thing with the Raiders, you might actually have more Raiders fans at that game. You might actually coming to LA. Raiders were in LA for a long time. How about that? There's <laughs> That's a, history, a good point. history lesson. Uh, moved to Oakland, and I feel like a lot of that fan base stayed with the Raiders. Yep. Like you know, the LA market stayed with the Raiders. Now they're in Vegas. It's not that far away. I uh, you could be looking at a situation to where the Chargers are the home team, but there are more Raiders fans in that stadium. And the best thing about the Raiders, in years past, we've we've had the saying, or at least I have, the Raiders are going to Raider, <laughs> which means they're going to shoot themselves in the foot and something's going to happen. And they've done that back-to-back weeks, but they've overcome the shot in the foot every time to pick up the wins. So like, that's the difference with the Raiders. Like, hey, we're still going to mess something up, and it's going to look really bad, and you guys are going to laugh at us, but we're also going to step up and – you know, make up for it, and then eventually come out with a win. Because against Baltimore, you threw what should have been a game-meaning interception right in the red zone as it bounced off your teammate's head or helmet from Derek Carr, gets intercepted. You then go create a fumble, you get the ball back, and you win the game. I think it was like the Saints the year that they won the Super Bowl. Maybe it was a different team, but watching them, and like, man, they messed up again. Oh, but the defense created another turnover. Or they'd give up a shitload of points. But they'd get a key turnover when they needed it. Like I could see the Raiders doing that. It, talking about the AFC West, everybody's been talking about the Chargers and the Chiefs. And here are the Raiders. Yep. <laughs> Sitting at the top of the division right now. With the freaking Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's we knew it was going to be it's a just, tough division. It's just week two, guys. It's all right. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still, I, it is just week two. I, I've been impressed by the Raiders. And we have a lot of friends who are Raiders fans, actually. Oh, I'm the crazy having... thing about this area is that there are obviously a lot of Chiefs fans where we live. Mm-hmm. We are two of them. But then I feel like there are also so many people who just didn't want to root for the Chiefs, so they started rooting for the rival. Yeah. So many Raiders fans. And whether here. that turned into the Broncos, if you jumped on that bandwagon in the 90s, you know, or yep. <laughs> the Chargers in the early 2000s, or the Raiders as well, it's just... Let's not like the Chiefs. Like, let's like some of these other teams. Because growing up in high school, went to a very small school. 
there wasn't just Chiefs fans. Like there were several Broncos fans, there were several Raiders fans, and I heard about it all the time. And then there would be that occasional Chargers fan because they just they like the Chargers logo. Really? Yep. I, Which I don't blame. I think it is kind of cool. And the colors. No, many Chargers fans. They're all pretty obnoxious. Probably because they're all still in San Diego. <laughs> and they're just not talking about football yeah. anymore. A couple more AFC teams. Um, the Tennessee Titans came back and fought hard against the Seattle Seahawks. I thought that game was over. I did too. Just completely. I was just like, all right, that's it. Like my Sunday watching experience, usually like I'm watching one game. And then on my phone, like I'm keeping like track of box scores and scores, seeing what's going on. And I thought that game was done for when i saw it like 30 to 16 i was mm-hmm. like okay there's it's like no okay this is exactly what i expected out yep. of the seahawks and titans yeah and then derrick henry they just load up this dude again he goes for 182 yards and three touchdowns he was a guy that we said on friday needed to have a bounce back he did yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he Boy, got it derrick henry is back and i need to put some respect on his name because yeah. i've been the guy that's like, at some point the wheels are going to fall off. They're not, all right? This dude's got mud tires with tread that just keeps on building, and there's nothing that's going to slow him down. And he's so much faster than I realize. Like, it's unfair that you can be this big and that fast. Or that you can lead the league in rushing for two consecutive years and still somehow be underrated. Yup. Sorry. <laughs> I'm part of that. I'm yeah, part of that. Me too. But I feel like everyone is like, is there anybody who's actually talking about Derrick Henry is the best running back in the game. It's because we're all worried that once we start cheering for him and anoint him the best, it's all going to come crashing down. Yeah, and so many people have such strong fantasy football opinions. They're like Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Those guys will get mentioned. That's great and all. But what Derrick Henry is doing is special. Like for these past three seasons now, of just being able to turn around and hand him the ball in defenses knowing he's going to get the ball and he still cannot be stopped. Yeah, I mean, because it'll be a run up the middle. He bounces it outside. Well, everyone's seen the whole stiff arm drill that they did at camp and how he's <laughs> broken the, the tool several times. And every single one of these DBs is like, I don't want that to be my head. I'm going to give a little half-assed dive at the legs. Oh, there he goes. He didn't stiff arm me, though. Oh, no, I missed his foot. And then he's just <laughs> breaking away from your safety. Yeah, he is a beast of a man. At last AFC team, Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Yesterday, and I didn't even think about this. This is how in the back of my mind it was. Like Davis Mills comes in, and then Deshaun Watson starts trending on Twitter. I did not even think about him coming into that game or like if they would put him back on roster. So I will just say that I don't think you can. If you're the Texans and Tyrod can't go, I think you're picking up a free agent. You better there's, call Cam Newton. Yeah, there's no way you can bring Deshaun in. Like, I literally, I don't care what the situation is. If Davis Mills gets hurt next week, Texans can't play that dude. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I know that's a, like an exciting storyline to kind of follow. It would be a nightmare of a situation if they actually played him. So I know a lot of people are kind of monitoring it, but I, I cannot fathom a situation where you bring I'm in right Deshaun there. Watson. I'm right there with you. I don't even think Not until his name's cleared. I don't think he was in if. Houston this weekend. He's probably not. I, I think someone had saw or he, he posted something on a story. Someone had kind of tied together the fact that he was in Miami. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Convenient. You know, and their quarterback got injured too. 
Segment number two of the show brought to you by Gunspot. You can visit them at gunspot.com for their great auctions on guns and ammo. A lot of cool collector items that you can get there too. Go visit them at gunspot.com. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going there. You got me with the, the old pause. Uh, need to update your wardrobe. Fall's coming around the corner. You want to look a little fresh. Oh, wait. Okay, never mind. Keep going. Oh. I had a. <laughs> I thought today was the first day of fall, and I almost freaked out. Is it not? I have a shirt picked out for the first day of fall. When is the first day of fall? Uh, I think it's September 22nd. It's coming up. And if you Two need days. a new shirt Wednesday. for the first day of fall, be sure to visit minersofmonroe.com and use code MikeDup10 for 10% off at checkout. Yeah. I... Is fall really that close? Yeah, you didn't know. <laughs> no, it's fucking hot outside. It's going to be 90-something degrees again today. I'm sweating my ass off just thinking about how hot it's going to be later today. Mm-hmm. And Big I weather sh- guys here. Yeah, because I want to open my windows again. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I don't because there's a lot of homeless people walking around right now. And I'm, you're on the second story. <laughs> I know, but here's the thing. What if they got like really good aim and, and they're just going to hey, throw stuff in my windows? I told you about the morning I had. I yeah. didn't tweet it out because, honestly, I didn't know if people would even believe it. <laughs> here in go Joplin, Missouri, we have a little bit of a meth and homeless people problem. I got feel the way, however you want. Just drive around downtown, you'll see it. It's a problem, though. Yep. And so this morning, I went to make my routine stop at Casey's General Store to grab some biscuits and gravy. I am the only person in the store, me and the workers. And there are a couple other people outside, like getting gas, but I'm the only person in there besides the workers. And this lady comes sprinting into Casey's. Sprinting. I don't mean walking fast. I don't mean jogging. Sprinting. She was pretty quick, honestly. He's screaming like at the top of her lungs. Is this like have a, is an older lady, I'm assuming? Or was she kind of? 50s, 60s. Holy shit. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like slender kind of athletic build even, but sprinting, hmm. screaming, do you have anything to drink? Uh yeah, <laughs> got a little bit of a variety here. Why don't you look to your right, ma'am. Store. Yeah, or left, like literally <laughs> everywhere. There's something to drink. But she's screaming, uh, "Do you have anything to drink? Do you have anything to drink?" And it felt like an emergency situation, but was weird because she clearly wasn't choking. But the lady running the cash register is like, "Yeah, right here is our, our fountain drinks," because it felt like she needed a drink asap. Mm-hmm. And then the lady's like, "No, no, I need a bottle of Sprite. A bottle of Sprite." And so the lady, like, points her to the bottle of Sprite. She's back there, like, talking to herself. And she's like, no, this is water. I don't need water. I'm like, lady, <laughs> just look around. Like, they didn't change the way the store is set up. Like, it's not – they're not hiding the Sprite from you. But, I mean, she finally, like, gets it figured out. And everybody in the store kind of realizes she's just on meth, which is a it, – it's a very big problem. You shouldn't laugh at it. In this part of the world. Yeah, like, get help. I don't know. Stop gnawing at your own tongue. So I pay for my biscuits and gravy, mm-hmm. and as I'm walking out, there is another man with a baseball bat yelling at a lady. And this in is a, a car. legit baseball bat. Yes, you didn't get it mistaken. Aluminum? For any... No, it okay. was gold aluminum baseball. And I'm bat. not questioning you just after you finish your mm-hmm. story, because go ahead. And he is yelling at this lady like, "Get out of the fucking car!" And it's like, it's like that TikTok sound like it's 7 (laughs) a.m what are we doing how are you already this messed up and he is just like his tongue and mouth are going crazy he is one of the most methed out people i've ever seen and i've seen him let me tell you yeah but i i put my stuff in my truck and the other guy like getting gas is like i think we need to do something about this 
And I had to stop a guy from like, I don't know what he was going to do, but he had a baseball bat and he was high on meth. So it, you actually like went in, not that I would question that. I just feel like in any of your other stories, you're like, Mm-mm, I'm not going to. Like, I want to go. <laughs> I, I choose life. It's that other damn guy that was <laughs> yeah. like, hey, I think we need to do something. And there was a woman in the car. Like, if there were two dudes about to fight each other, I'd sit back and be like, I'm going to watch you get hit in the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> but it was a woman in the car, and he's yelling, like, get the fuck out of the car. And as we're walking up there, the other dude who was pumping gas is, like, calling the police. And I'm, like, trying to calm down the situation, which you're right. I don't like to do that. I don't get involved. Yeah. But in this situation, it was just so messed up. She's yelling, like, get away from my car. His face is, like, damn near pressed against her window. And he's like, I'm not by your car. Like, dude, you're touching it. You are. <laughs> you're licking the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But finally, like, uh, the other guy that was there was like, hey, man, cops are on their way. Like, you just need to get out of here. And he finally just walked off. Just like, what a morning. Well, so you tell me this story, and then it really hits me. It's like, I'm hungry. Because <laughs> after last night, I was a little upset. Found a couple extra beers, drank them. Woke up this morning, really hungry. I go to make myself a waffle. Burnt the son of a bitch. I go to get it out of the toaster, and I burnt the tip of my finger. Mm. So I took the waffle. Toasters. I threw it down. I said, fuck you, and I left. And I hadn't eaten yet. So when I come in here, I hear this story from you. I'm sitting at the desk. I was like, I need food. I need Go, so I go to Casey's, and the reason I asked about it being an actual bat, because when I walked in the door, there's like a seven-foot hiking stick up a corner, in the corner Honestly, by the door. they probably saw the dude freaking out outside, and was like, what do we have to defend ourselves? <laughs> a big-ass stick. <laughs> yeah. and, but this, So that was there next to the door, and I walked in, and I got biscuits and gravy and a coffee as well, and I go up to the desk and to check out, and I was like, how's your morning going? She's like, oh, it's good. I was like, yeah, I heard it was pretty eventful about an hour ago. And she's like, oh was it <laughs> like kind of gives me her side of the story as well and i was like all right well hopefully it's a little bit calmer from here on out She's i'll like, tell you me too that part of town's not a great spot i even like i was on low fuel so i was like i need to stop and get gas and it was i was like so low that it didn't even give me a number anymore oh my it's God. just like hey quit fucking around let's <laughs> let's get some gas i'm thirsty and that casey's is on my way to the office so usually wouldn't stop there because i know it's not a great part of town had to this morning and like that's what i get that's yeah. what i get for going there should have known better and it's just there's never a dull moment in this town that's it's, it's what's so amazing about it great place i love living here man there are moments where it's like why why <laughs> that's it that's all i'll say like why <laughs> that's literally all you can ask. It's just, oh. Yeah. How about some football talk? Let's though? do that. That's uh, that's what we get paid to do here. Uh, but definitely visit those. Yeah. Gunspot.com? Maybe that was a sign that I needed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, Miners and Monroe? Hey, sorry about your hard times. I'm going to buy you some clothes. Here's a 10% discount code. Mike'd up 10 at checkout. Save 10% off. Us helping people. People, people helping, helping people. people. Holy shirts and pants. Um, Lions at Packers tonight. Packers are 11.5 point favorite in this one. Uh, we will get Eli and Peyton again on the call. I'm watching it. I was going to say, me too. Yeah, I know we were talking to our buddy Rob Forrest about like some of the ratings. And Rob, who still does local radio here in town, the Sports Edge, 4 to 6 Central Time. Give him a little plug there. He's very in tune to the ratings. And like the very next day, he'll have it like set up. He knows about it. And only like 800,000 people watched the Manning telecast last Which is week. kind of surprising. I feel like that number's got to like double. I mean, honestly, I don't get too excited about 
things or, you know, like broadcasters. Like Gus Johnson's usually the only guy that does it. And his call this weekend for the Vikings Cardinals game. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. That's why you got to have him. He's like, he missed it. <laughs> oh my God, he missed it. I freaking started dying laughing because it's like Vikings, Cardinals. I know we're getting to talk about this game, but to just, that was a good game. Kyler Murray looked awesome. The Vikings were able to score at will. Cousins didn't look like absolute shit. And then Gus Conson with a key to lead was better than a lot of people had expected. Like those two, they didn't do bad. I didn't, I didn't watch the game. But I did see that last. Call. He missed it. Oh, I, God, it's so. Good. I don't care what game he does on a Saturday. I'll watch it. And usually it's like the big noon kickoff game, which mm-hmm. is like the best game at that hour. But it doesn't matter if Gus is on the call. I'm I'm watching it. He can like scream into the microphone, but it doesn't come off as over dramatic. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've it's realized. Just, it's the big moments. Yep. And if there's a deep ball, it doesn't matter if it's you know mid second quarter or late in the fourth. Yeah. He's getting excited about it. And I love it. And he gets everyone else excited. That's the thing. It's not just him going nuts. It's like, okay, he's going nuts. Now we're going nuts. Yeah. We're all nuts. Or there will be so many times where I'm like casually watching a game and then uh, something big will happen. Gus brings me right back in. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I'm watching Twitter or, you know, checking other scores. And then Gus starts screaming and I know it's time to start watching this game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something big just happened. He's literally yelling at me to get my attention. But this game tonight is going to be, I think, exciting. Because you have to wonder, how are the Packers going to respond to getting their asses kicked by the Saints? Who, we kind of found out yesterday, they're actually not that good. Nope. Now, you know, with a guy like Jameis Winston, I t- said I picked him up on my fantasy teams. Uh, I was waiting to see what would happen with him. He didn't look good yesterday. So, I, I mean... The Packers got their ass kicked by a Saints team that's maybe not that great. I like the Lions to cover this spread. Same. I am. I don't know why. I do know why. It's my traditional everybody hates this team, this person. So I'm going to buy in. I'm buying in, told Danny Campbell. Let's so, take some kneecaps. I thought they looked good in week one. I think they can keep it close against the Packers. So it's, mine's not necessarily because of that reason. It's just that 11 and a half, we've, I don't think we've seen anyone cover the spread when it's been that big. This Packers week. haven't even scored a touchdown this year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a lot of people forget that. <laughs> <laughs> and they still got all their kneecaps. They might not after this week. Uh-huh. So I'm taking the lines just due to the spread. I think the Packers will eventually win, but I don't think it's going to be by 11.5 points. Yeah, I, I think they probably will win tonight. And it's in Lambeau. Like, that is a difference maker yeah. of a location. And, you know, the Packers, like, they just have to get it right. You're not going to get, you know, beat up like that again. Yeah. In consecutive weeks. Like, not with the players that they have. That's too good of a roster. LaFleur is a good enough coach that I think they can get things going. If so, they do lose this game, though, and I don't mean to cut you off, mm-hmm. where does the narrative go? Does it automatically go to screw Aaron Rodgers, put in Jordan Love? Right. Like, I mean, does it jump? Does it go I think to it be starts, that dramatic? Like, it, we, we start to hear the murmurings, yeah. the whispering Jordan of. Love. Yeah, maybe this. Maybe He's we'll just right there in the, the background. Kid. Especially if uh, Rodgers plays bad, which yeah. is not something that usually happens. But what if he does? 13 QBR last week. Hmm? What if he gets Rough. the old double nut tap again? <laughs> has to be put out of the game. I still can't believe that. that. We're either going to see that version or we're going to see a pissed off Aaron Rodgers and he just completely annihilates this team. And the mm-hmm. Lions, they're running away with their tail tucked between their legs. Yep, but it will be exciting. I'll be watching that Manning telecast and probably tweeting all the great moments that come from it. But how about some other NFC teams? I thought the Cowboys looked pretty good yesterday. Yep. Uh, They looked bad at times, too, but 
again, a win is a win, and they beat the Chargers. They, that was a fun game to watch. Yeah, it was. That was another one that came down to like another last-second field goal. And I hope Jerry Jones paid the refs well because, <laughs> boy, they deserve it. I didn't. I didn't catch. Oh, any. like anything the Chargers did, the refs were like, "Fuck you, nope, flag, take it back." Yeah, I think they scored like two or three times, and the all of a sudden, it's like a late flag comes in, the touchdown gets taken back. There's some random holding, some just random bullshit, and you're just like, "Are we serious?" And it was not just me watching the game; it was everybody. Everyone on Twitter is like, "Okay, Cowboys better thank the refs for this game, or if they find a way to lose this game, it's literally being handed to them." I hate the ref narrative though i do too but man it was so like so obvious that game it was ridiculous it was so bad you don't actually think that there's like the refs are colluding though do you not necessarily but it was just such a bad job because it really felt like any time the chargers did something there was a flag now maybe that is the whole like raiders gonna raider you shoot yourself in the foot after you do something good and that's what the chargers did yesterday but it really just felt like okay hey Clearly, that's pass, like pass interference on the defense. There's no call. All of a sudden, the Chargers score another play, like three plays later, and then there's just random BS flag. I mean, the Chargers' offense was one that was talked about a lot this offseason. Mm-hmm. They scored 37 points this year. Yeah, Mike Williams had some big plays. Keenan Allen had some yep. big plays. So it was kind of nice to see them spread the ball around. Like Cook, the old tight end, he's shown some like you know freshness again here early in the season where he catches a ball like real shallow and then gets like a what I think it was a third and 11 and he just busts through four and gets and we're looking at it like okay well hey this is just becoming a pick your poison type of offense for the Chargers on which one of them is going to burn you yeah and the Cowboys another team that they've scored uh, 49 points this season they've allowed 48 yeah and I know you want to talk about the Cowboys and I completely just discussed the Chargers there but to the Cowboys Tony Pollard is so much more explosive than yeah. Zeke and I know everybody's talking about it right now but it just seems so obvious when you watch the games. I, I know I was a little late to the narrative of don't pay running backs, don't draft them in the first round. Yeah. Um, welcome me in. I'm there. Uh, and I don't you. know if this is more of a, like, Zika's losing it or if they're just wanting to keep him fresh for later in <laughs> hey, the season. Best shape of your life stays undefeated. <laughs> it really does. But so like, that's the only thing I can <laughs> Even think. when I buy in, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. it, it stays undefeated. I That's my only thing is I just can't help but wonder if they're wanting to keep him fresh for longer in the season so they don't overwork him now. Yeah, but even when he's getting like, – he's getting limited carries, but the carries still aren't good. No. And like you said with Tony Pollard, he looked very good yesterday. There were so many runs that he had where I thought he would you know be stopped short and then he finds a way around the defense. Mm-hmm. A good Chargers defense. I was very impressed with him, and I do think that you know, the Cowboys have to start wondering who's the best running back on roster. Probably not the one that you're paying all that money to. He's again, not getting the the sweeps or the the gimmicky yeah, plays. That's those aren't going to Zeke. Those are going to Tony Pollard right now. Yeah, he's he's a special running back that I do think needs to be maybe more involved. I mean, he had 13 carries. Zeke had 16. He's uh, they're splitting carries, but he made the most of them, and it is yeah. good to see. I, I do think that Tony Pollard is probably the best running back on that team right now. And I do like Zeke. I thought he was going to have a huge year, and it's just not happening yeah. for him. And they play Philadelphia, Carolina, and the Giants along with New England before going into the bye. So Those not, are their not next tough. Games. No. It's going to be nice. To, it's going to be interesting to see what they do against Philadelphia. 
Like, yeah. how does that defense match up to them? Because uh, Micah Parsons played a lot of defensive end or edge or whatever you want to call yeah. it this past week. Uh, yeah, they, with Dexter Lawrence going down, uh, they had to move somebody else to defensive end. And with Micah Parsons, it's not something that he's done, but it's uh, something that a lot of people wondered if he would do. Uh, even, you know, scouting him and watching him play, I thought he could have been a top-tier pass rusher. Boy, he looked like and, one. Kind of proved it. It honestly, like, if you're the Cowboys, how do you move him back to linebacker? Especially when you already have two decent ones. I mean, you yeah. drafted three of them in the draft, it felt like. Right. Because you have Jabril Cox as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jalen Smith went healthy. Leighton Vanderush yep. went healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I kind of think you just keep him there. I think he said he hasn't played it since high school, but he mm-hmm. said it felt very natural for him, which is, which is good. It's what you need when you're playing – at any level in sport, when you're comfortable, you're going to be at your best. And, man, he just caused all kind of havoc on Justin Herbert this week. Yeah, I, I thought he looked really good, too. And the, the Cowboys' defense, they need that. They need that playmaker. And I know they thought they were going to get it out of him at linebacker, but pass rush is so much more important than a coverage <laughs> linebacker or a blitzing linebacker. <laughs> the face you made when you said that. I just, I can't like you believe... almost just orgasm. Pass rush is just so much better. It is. It is. It feels better. Yeah. To just get in there and just get after it. It just hits all the right spots. It does. And that's why you need a good pass rusher. Yep. And I do I do think that he can be that guy. Like Mark and Micah Parsons. <laughs> you are that guy, pal. Let him, let him <laughs> yeah. do it. Let him do it, for sure. Uh, we do need to talk about uh, Jameis Winston, though. We were talking about the Saints a little bit. Back to being Jameis. <laughs> very, very quickly, that train just halted. It, I mean, it goes to show, are the Packers' defense that bad, or is the Carolina Panthers' defense that good to where we just get a mixed version yep. of Jameis, or is this just Jameis being Jameis? And I think it's the latter. Me too. Like, Sean Payton can only do so much. <laughs> yeah, it's like, damn it, man. You just completely went away from what we did last week. Which took- is nice because I cannot root for Jameis Winston. Like, it, he's a douchebag off the field. Obviously, he's just such a goof. He's so corny. Like even last week when they did the like post game presser with him, <laughs> you can tell he's lying. He's like, you know, that's just what my my trainer always says. He he always says, wait, what's he say? Just, he just says be prepared. Yeah, and the thing he already <laughs> said that like earlier in the interview. He's like, yeah, yeah, man, we just came this week. They told us to be prepared. I felt like we were prepared. Just something my trainer always says. Yeah, yeah. what's he always say? He had to ask himself the question. How the fuck do you do that on national television? What did he say? Yeah. I've seen that in math class way too many times. (laughs) I don't know what the answer is, so let me just go up top, try to think about it. No, I got nothing. But when you're looking up top, it's like, just ask another question. Maybe they'll forget that they asked me this if I look up and I just think real hard. That's me trying to do a book report when I didn't really read the book. (laughs) That's what Jameis Winston looks like after a press conference. I'll tell you what, as much as I've been wrong on things this past weekend, I was right about something the carolina panthers are fucking good <laughs> they, they didn't look good uh, a little weak to overreaction maybe but i i'm happy to see the panthers be good i i kind of like matt rule um i do still like sam darnold i i think that this could be a good team i'm rooting for them yeah. i i want to see them be good i still like uh christian mccaffrey even and it's only week two so we could see what this team really gets confident in doing in this offense, you know, becoming better and better every week. Already with a win, 
over the Saints, I mean, that's a good win in your division. Yep. Even if the Saints are bad this year, that's a good win for the Carolina Panthers. It definitely is. And I'm excited to see that things are working for them on both sides of the ball. Like The defense is getting pressure. Did you see the clip out that the local news? Oh, my gosh. I saw all the Panthers tweets. How do you not have a different picture than that? <laughs> like... <laughs> That didn't look good for the Panthers, even. <laughs> no. It's like, hey, is this a good play or a bad play? Uh-huh. I, yeah. Uh, I. It's too bad the score wasn't 6-9. to nine. Uh, I did see another one where they did the traditional thing where everybody had picked the Saints uh-huh. to win, and they had that dude, Zach Galifianakis, laughing about it. That was a good one. Yep. You got to be aggressive on the social media, man. And they were fast. Got, they take were some quick. risk. Yep, they were quick with it. Uh, <laughs> they, what do you think about the Panther? That they do the pregame that I it's know just weird you, and corny. What is that? Seven D. I don't know. How, like the number seven and the letter D. I don't want people thinking I'm saying seventy. Oh, I'll say, yeah. yeah, I get. It. How no, can you have duh, seven duh, duh. dimensions? <laughs> I don't know. I think I've seen something like that before. No, because that includes like noise. So never mind. Yeah, like what would this? Maybe it isn't because the the panther like roars and it tears the flag up. I don't yeah. know. I think it is. I don't know. I've never heard that. Well, because like 3D, it just comes at you. Like uh-huh. that's what you get. Yep. And then there's like four or five and six. I don't know what's added. That's there. where you're losing me. <laughs> yeah. Four, five, and six. Smell? Do you smell the panther? Is that a musky smell? At some point, I think it just becomes realistic, and then that's just. Is AD a real panther? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that's what they need. How are you training that bastard? Like, that thing's I, huge. Yeah, I know that a lot of people probably aren't on board with that, but like a real panther. Like the Colorado Buffaloes, they run Ralphie before the game. Let a fucking Panther loose. Let's really get these fans riled up. Yeah, riled up or dead. The fake one, though, whatever, 7D, 4D, whatever it is, I think it's kind of corny. You do? Yeah, I'm not into that kind of stuff. I thought the first week was cool. If you're going to do it every week. I didn't realize they did it again this week. That makes it worse. If you do it once, fine. Yeah. Doing it every week, though. I think you almost have to. You're winning football games. <laughs> if you're winning, you you do have yep. to keep doing it. Like what I did last night. I went and got uh, chicken wings at a local place here in Joplin. Not doing that again for a while. Because the Chiefs lost. Because the Chiefs lost. It's not, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. Yeah. I had a little brother's night with my brothers. That's what we do on brother's night. <laughs> uh, maybe we just stop doing that on Chiefs games. It's 0-1. What'd you guys eat? Pizza? pizza. That's it. Uh-huh. No more pizza. A little natural light. Man, Casey's you and pizza, pizza lately, dog. We've been eating a ton of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's another great reason why Casey should be sponsoring this podcast. But they're not yet. They're still open. Yeah. Could do it. It was after the experience I had there this morning, you need to throw something my way. <laughs> yeah. Give me a free large or you know, a free fountain drink, something. <laughs> Give me some type of happy memory. <laughs> right? Uh, a couple other games in the NFC. Atlanta, I want to pat myself on the back for this one. They're just bad at football. Can we stop believing in the Atlanta Falcons? Man, I was for about six minutes. And then yep. the next six minutes was... Absolutely nothing. Terrible. was just filled with why in the world did you give them the previous six minutes of hope? Mm-hmm. It's just so freaking bad. It's like the Buccaneers just woke up. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. We really just need to hammer <laughs> It's Matt Ryan. This guy, mm-mm. No, take the ball from him. Like, the, the Falcons truly did have a chance. They had a chance to make that game, to, to take a lead and just make a difference or get even closer to it. 
and they just, they literally pissed every single opportunity away. There's so many quarterbacks in the league, you know, like a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and we're looking at them. It's like, when are they going to hit their wall? I, Matt Ryan has. Oh yeah, and he started to hit it last year, and I don't feel like and I've he's been, the youngest of the trio. Yeah, and I don't feel like I've been super high on Matt Ryan. So hopefully, I'm not contradicting anything I've ever said in the past because I've I've been rooting for him. I've wanted him to be good, but it's also the same. This guy can't escape pressure. No, he doesn't have much protection, and the plays that happen downfield are usually just big, like busted type of plays, mm-hmm. where we get the ball down. Like you know, you throw like a ten to fifteen yard throw. And then your receiver takes off. I don't ever feel like it's just, hey, we're launching the ball 50 yards downfield. And I know that isn't necessarily what the game is anymore. It is at times for certain teams, but it's clearly not for the Falcons. And it's clearly not for Matt Ryan. They just got to figure something out. And with Arthur Smith being the head coach now, we know he's a good play caller, but he also has no run game right now. Yeah. Like that's- yeah, and I like I know that they're 0-2. They look really bad. I don't know what you expect him to do. They have no weapons. Yeah. But – like Ridley and Kyle Pitts, okay, but you know you can just prepare for the pass game. They have no run game, yeah, whatsoever. I mean, their best running back is probably a guy who used to play receiver, and Patterson. So I mean, it's not good in Atlanta, and especially when you look at the other side. And Tom Brady's throwing for five touchdowns, had like uh, ten different guys catch a pass. Yep, it was just I mean, ridiculous. I mean, Rob Gronkowski looks good this year he, i thought last year at times he looked old still this year i think he looks pretty damn good have two you touchdowns seen, again uh, yesterday the clip outs that the buccaneers have been doing i don't know if it's like an ask me anything type of deal with brady and gronk they like they answer the questions right like the most mm-hmm. asked questions from the internet and someone said hey like how is gronk going to be this year and tom brady said on that he's like hey i think a lot of people are going to be underestimating you like you look good yeah I mean, and I was he one of them. Does I mean, he looks really good right now. Yep. He doesn't look like he's dealing with any nagging injuries. Yeah, I he's think having last year, fun. You know, it was probably so late through the process to like get back into football shape. By the mm-hmm. time he hit the season, like he wasn't in football shape, and like you're not going to in the season. Yeah. You uh, get but to this the Super Bowl, year, yeah, he looks pretty damn yeah. good all over again. And the last game that I want to talk about is the Cardinals and Vikings. An exciting game. Gus Johnson on the call. Uh, that was one that I was keeping track of, watching box scores. Didn't really, I haven't watched the game yet. But for the Cardinals to come back in that one, they, I mean, at one point I think the Vikings were up, and I thought they were going to win. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> and honestly, I've said some shit about the Cardinals, uh, so I was kind of watching to see if I was going to be right or wrong. It's kind of looking like I'm going to be wrong on the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals this year, which is fine. I don't We're care. early in the year. Same thing happened to them last year. Right. Kyler Murray was like, oh, my God. Second year bump, he's going to be an MVP. Look out, this kid's going to be awesome. And then it just fell apart quickly. Yeah, but he did look good yesterday. Four hundred. I mean, that yards. offense just looks good. They're putting up points now. They have played the Titans and the Vikings, so we'll see. But next week, <laughs> we get the Jaguars. So, going to go ahead and count for probably four hundred yards and four touchdowns that Kyler Murray will get. Yeah. I wonder if he, he shouldn't game. throw any interceptions next week, but he might. Shit, he threw two this past week. Kirk Cousins, I mean, he didn't have a bad game either. Right. That, I mean, you that's lose just... by one point, and your kicker missed the game-winning field goal. So yeah. Maybe one of the most Kirk Cousins stat lines ever. <laughs> 22 of 32. Like, yep, that's pretty good. 244 yards. Okay. Three touchdowns. Did he do anything special? Nope, probably not. Uh, 
looking at this little highlight real clip, I didn't see this play when watching parts of the game last night, or yesterday, excuse me, is that he had a couple plays when he rolled out to the left or to the right, and he made some throws on the run. Like, he had a touchdown pass rolling out to his left. Whoa. Look out, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it's Kirk Cousins season. <laughs> uh, another rookie that's looked good so far is Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Yep. The guy who's like five foot five, And uh, he honestly, he fell down draft boards because of his height. He, he looked really good. And yesterday had seven catches, 114 yards, one touchdown. I think that he is a guy, he's a candidate to watch for mm-hmm. rookie of the year. Yep. And he had that one big long play for 77 yards, which was nice. Yeah, he gets lost in the shuffle of that secondary. He's like, oh, shit, that little guy is actually really yeah, fast. That's not a ball boy on mm-hmm. the sideline. That's yeah. a player. Maybe we try to keep track of him and where he's at because he's, he's been solid so far. Again, just two games, but looked really good yesterday. He's a guy that I am watching. Just everybody wants to be early on, like, the who's good, who's not. Yeah. Might want to watch for Rondale Moore. I think he's going to be more and more involved in this offense in Arizona. I'm turning into a, like, show me, like, do it again. Like, I'm turning into that type of person mm-hmm. because I've bought into so many times, like, this guy's going to be good. And then he sprains both ankles, and I don't know how he's walking today. Yeah, probably. Wins, I'm talking to you. Yep. And now it's like, Rondell Moore, hey, love the story. Seven receptions for 114 yards. That's amazing. Let's see you do it again, though. Segment number three of the show brought to you by Club 609, one of the best bars in the entire world. Go in there for their happy hour. Uh, a couple more days, their September happy hour, 2 until 8 p.m. Two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 609. And then Downtown Lube, if you got any issues with your car, be sure to stop in and visit Downtown Lube. They're more than just tires lube. If you have any mechanical issues, be sure to visit their website, downtownlube.com, for their full list of services. Mark Edder and the guys pride themselves on getting you in and out in one business day. Well, how about this one? Just uh, do me a favor. Go leave a positive review. Even if you're not in the Joplin area, yeah. take my word for it. These local businesses are great. Go give them a holler. That's a really uh, good idea. What do you idea. do? Leave Yelp reviews? I don't, I'm not a big like, leave a review leave one, guy. Might be able to leave one on their website at downtownlube.com. Go check it out. Boom. Duh. Do it. Uh, segment number three, we are going to get into some college football. I thought this was a good weekend for college football as there's never a bad weekend for college football. Mm. There's boring ones like we saw with week zero. They're all good. It's like a, a day fishing always beats a day at work. That kind of situation. Uh, Alabama escapes up with a win at Florida. Uh, I lost some money on this one, but I I had a better betting weekend. Went four and two. That's and good. The only two losses I had were the better team didn't cover. Alabama and Oklahoma didn't cover the spread, but I thought Florida looked really good in this game too. It, it kind of gives hope for the rest of the SEC. And really the rest of the nation, too. Yeah. Because somebody was able to play Alabama close. And up until Saturday, I honestly thought that it might become pointless to even watch this college football season because Alabama was just going to run away with everything. But they looked like they could be beaten. Yep. Not on Saturday, but, I mean, you're going to run into some of these teams eventually. Georgia's over there like, we got a chance. Yeah. Oh, now, my granted, God, somebody scored play. on them. I don't it, think they play in the regular season this year. No, they don't. Uh, but they'll have their chance probably in the SEC championship game. And if you are a Georgia fan or maybe just an anti-Alabama fan, Florida was able to run the ball on Alabama. Georgia is a very good running team. So, I mean, it's kind of setting itself up pretty nicely. Some of these other schools, (laughs) we'll see. Like Oklahoma, I'm not just a hater. They've looked bad. Yeah. I, I wrote about it this weekend. 
And the word that I used was complacent. Once again, they just look like they're bored with some of these opponents. Like even Nebraska, I thought that Nebraska would be enough of a name to like get their attention and rile them up. And they weren't. They just came in almost just knowing, like, yes, we will win this game. And I know we're known Texas fans, so I don't want this to come off as like, a, oh, he just doesn't like Oklahoma. Nebraska should have won this football game. They had an opportunity, and they literally just – I don't even know if you pissed away. I think they just shitted themselves like, holy cow, we're in this game. Like, we have a chance on this last drive to do something. Right. And it was like, we don't believe – like, it's like they didn't believe that they truly had an opportunity, and they just played awful to end that football game. Because this was a game I got to watch Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, hey, Nebraska's actually in this. Adrian Martinez, I tweeted, like, okay, hey – they need a new quarterback. Someone comes at me and was like, well, clearly you're not watching the football game or know anything about Nebraska if you're blaming Adrian Martinez because he's the guy that puts them in games week in and week out. Maybe there's some truth to that as well. I think there's a little bit of truth on both sides. Yeah, it's just like, okay, hey. <laughs> if you're going all... to be good, you have to have better quarterback Exactly. Play. But yeah. also, he does he does keep them close. Close ain't good enough in no. Lincoln, Nebraska. Like he you does, need to win games. He does enough to keep the job, but he also does enough to where it's like, why the hell did you do that? Yeah, and what you said about you know Oklahoma and, and Spencer Rattler, I think is very true. Complacent, that's it, because he just looks like he also just makes some really dumb decisions when he throws the ball. Yep, like he should have had a couple interceptions this game, and luckily they just that wasn't caught. And one of them is just like I don't think Nebraska again was like holy cow, I have a chance to intercept this, and they dropped. And that's it. kind of been his his thing throughout his career in college yep. he'll make some really bad decisions or make some really bad throws and I'll tell you a guy that I was watching this weekend is Matt Corral at Ole Miss and I said it in the state of college football I think Matt Corral is the guy who everybody wants Spencer Rattler to be that he is he's a got a live arm and he's a little guy he kind of has that Kyler Murray type to him where he's very elusive he's small but he also has a big arm and just to be honest I didn't like him. I've heard some things <laughs> about him that made me think that he doesn't have the work ethic or the maturity to be a, a top prospect. And this is about Matt Corral? About Matt Corral. And, but then he goes out and has a seven-touchdown performance. Yep, three passing, four rushing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, now he's the betting odds favorite for the Heisman Trophy, which is very early. But that's an award that can be won very early. It, yeah. you know, with Spencer Rattler, he's not out of the running, but he's definitely much, much lower on the board now because he just, he hasn't had those big games. And you have a guy like Matt Corral or Sam Howell at North Carolina is another one. He had a bad week one. He's been outstanding since then. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, those two guys are going to be just climbing up that Heisman board as the weeks go on. And with Spencer Rattler, he might even be in a situation to where, you know, it's that Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady MVP thing. So you're going to have to do something really special because the expectations were so high for you coming in. With Rattler? With Rattler. I mean, it just – has he lived up to the expectations at all? Like, I know they're winning football games, and that's great. But, I, and I, again, I'm not trying to come off as just some Oklahoma hater. I just don't feel like he's lived up to that at all. Yep. And maybe the expectations are a little bit unfair, but he was supposed to be the guy, you know. Yeah. For Lincoln Riley. Like, oh, my gosh, he's had to deal with all these transfer quarterbacks. Like, what would happen if he actually got a good quarterback and was able to build them up? That is Spencer Rattler. Yeah. And it hasn't looked better than Baker Mayfield or yeah, Kyler Murray or yeah. even Jalen Hurts. Yeah. It's looked nowhere near what those guys were 
doing. And obviously, all three of those guys were, you know, first or second in the Heisman voting. Spencer Rattler, there's still a lot of time for him to turn it around and, and make some noise. Maybe once they get into Big 12 play and he, he starts to see some more competitive teams, maybe that will change what's going on there. And another guy that is really tearing it up is Malik Willis at Liberty. He was another one of those guys. I don't think that he can win the Heisman Trophy. It would just be – it would be too much. He, playing at Liberty, I don't think he's going to get those opportunities. But I do think that he could be a quarterback one type guy in the NFL draft. Very athletic. Uh, uh, good athletic build, too. He's not built like Rattler or Corral. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably like six foot two fifteen, and probably has the biggest arm out of this group, and is clearly the most athletic. It's just like the decision making and the accuracy have always been the question with him, at least for me. Yeah. And now he's completing the ball, you know, plus seventy percent on the year. He's going to have a couple opportunities uh, to really skyrocket up, at least for QB one. I, I don't think that he can do it for the Heisman Trophy. I just, it's such a small school, and they're not on a national scale. That I don't know that he can, but. You know, those guys look really good so far, and we're still trying to figure out a lot about this quarterback class in the NFL draft and for the Heisman. You know, a guy that I really like, Phil Dracovich, mm-hmm. he's out for the year now. Yeah, what about his, the other guy out of Nevada, Carson Strong? He's been okay, but he, he's another guy that hasn't done anything spectacular. Yeah. I saw a clip out from him this weekend where he just zipped it in between, like, two defenders, and mm-hmm. I was like, who caught this? Well, his teammate did. But it was like, holy shit, this guy's got some incredible confidence in his arm. Yeah, I and mean, he's a guy that it might take a little bit more time for – people to realize who he is I, I don't think a lot of people are staying up to watch Nevada or even this weekend I think they played K-State mm-hmm. lost to K-State but it's like who's watching yeah I, I love college football I love the NFL draft watching Nevada versus K-State not exactly at the top of my list on a Saturday <laughs> I don't blame you so out of the out of these four quarterbacks Corral Howell Willis and Rattler who is QB1 in your mind I out of just those four for right now it's got to be Corral yeah. Just he looks different than these other guys. And, you know, with another year of Lane Kiffin running this offense, I, he looks like he's taken a step forward where the other guys, it's kind of like same old, same old. Yeah, and they completely demolished Tulane this weekend. I know it's Tulane, but like 61 to 21. I mean, they played uh, – Tulane played Oklahoma close. Yeah. Week one. So, and then – Which is another one of those things where I think I look at Rattler and I'm just like, what the hell's going on here, bub? Yeah. Yeah. With Ole Miss, do you think they can make any noise to rank 17th? Do you think they make any noise in the SEC? I think they will. Yeah. I, I don't know how much. Like, I, they're not they're not on that Alabama-Georgia tier, but I think <laughs> they, they play can Alabama make some noise. Next. Their next three games are Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and then we go LSU-Auburn. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. The SEC will do that to you. Real quick. <laughs> uh-huh. It, it does it almost every year. You'll get guys that's like, man, through those first three games, they balled out. Then conference play starts. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah, I remember who you are now. <laughs> then they will, I think that Alabama game is October 2nd, so they get a bye week going into that one. Yeah. But, I mean, damn. That would be must. Got the whole schedule watch. memorized, homie. Yeah, I, was, I just wrote about it, so it's not that impressive. Just trying to give you some props, dog. Take it. But we'll <laughs> see what happens with Alabama. And, you know – how they bounce back from a close game. Like, Nick Saban's going to be pissed that they barely won that game. Like, that's I mean, just there's not a clip good enough for him. of him throwing his headset and screaming, fuck me. <laughs> 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 and it's like, oof. Yeah. I mean, and I know a lot of people would probably be like, man, it sucks to be those players. 
Sucks to be those assistant coaches. Yeah, and that's the assistants you, are getting it from Nick Saban. I think now, a lot of people don't realize down. that. Yeah, I'm glad you always point that out. Where it's like, hey, he's not yelling at players; he's yelling at assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. Now the assistant coaches are going to get yelled at, and they're going to take that to their position group, <laughs> yeah. and it's going to be bad. But at least you're not getting it from Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban can make just about any grown man cry. It makes me want to just thinking about him yelling at. He's him. yeah, just so intense, or the immediate feeling. When you screw up, like you throw an interception or you drop one or something, jump off sides, it's like, fuck. <laughs> I think I might just be done with football. Well, like, I don't want to have Jones. to deal with it. <laughs> Mac Jones, he's like, got the DUI. He's like, oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. That's why he was crying. Gone. Yeah. I know I said it on radio before. There was a reason why Mac Jones was crying in that mugshot. He wasn't worried about telling his parents. He wasn't worried about the fine, the jail, any of that. He knew that he had to go and tell Nick Saban what had happened. <laughs> Or that somebody was going to tell him and that there was going to be a meeting. And I'm sure he just immediately started bawling his eyes out. (laughs) I know I would. Speaking of Alabama, I said their next game is against Ole Miss on October 2nd. That following weekend, October 9th, they played Texas A&M. Do you think A&M could shock the world and beat Alabama this year? I don't. I know a lot of people are high on A&M. I think they're ranked seventh. a good team, but you got a young quarterback in there. You've got some other really good pieces. I don't think that they've really started clicking yet, though. It's like, is Alabama going to be the game where they peak and start looking good? Maybe. But I, I haven't been impressed by what I've seen out of A&M. They did get their running back, Isaiah Spiller, going. Uh, he was a guy that, you know, I know Matt did a thing on the draft scout looking at the first-round running backs. Those guys looked bad. And he had a little bit of a bounce-back game this week. So maybe if they can get him going. But there's still, like, your biggest question mark is at quarterback. That's not a good spot to have a question mark. Yeah. Not against Alabama. So I, I don't think they're legitimate contenders. They, maybe they play them a little bit closer than I expect, but I just don't think A&M is that good. Yeah. And speak- Which sucks because it comes across as me being a homer and a Texas fan. Like, I'm willing to admit when teams are good. Yeah. I had to tell my daughters this weekend about Oklahoma, and it's like, actually, girls, like, they are really good at football. And they hit me with the hard question, is Oklahoma better than Texas? Oof. And I had to tell them, yeah. You should have lied to them. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. Right? Never They're already damn been, near Alabama will... fans. I don't know if you saw me tweeting about it. Uh-uh. Uh, these little bastards of mine. It's cool because they're young. <laughs> and we'll wake up and, like, they're interested in football, but they're also, like, they're just interested in things that I'm interested in. Yeah. And so they're Texas fans. They just They were born into that. But we're watching college game day together. And all these fuckers on game day want to talk about is how great Alabama is. Yeah. And their little youthful minds just keep hearing how great Alabama is. And then they hit me with, like, maybe we should get some Alabama shirts. And I'm like, maybe I should turn the fucking TV off and start singing the Texas fight song. <laughs> these little bastards of mine. <laughs> Last year it was Georgia for them because they saw the Bulldog. And like, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. I'm cheering for Georgia. And I've talked about my love for Georgia before. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, that's okay. With Alabama, like, why, I don't even know why I would try to convince them not to be an Alabama fan. Yeah. it Honestly, it just makes sense. Just be like, hey, do you want to win all the yeah. time? I mean, you got to face I'm their a little dad. I don't life. want them to have the heartbreak of being a Texas fan. Yeah. So maybe just like, yeah, root for Alabama. Well, I was going to say, well, maybe Georgia can be their SEC team, but Texas is now going to the SEC. <laughs> right. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And they're probably going to be paired with Alabama or Georgia. 
depending on what they do at those conferences. They need to just blow it all up and realign. But, I mean, Georgia's in the East and Alabama's in the West, so Texas got to join one of those conferences, one of those divisions. Yeah. But that's my two cents on. I would much rather them just, like, Alabama and Georgia should be in the East. They should. And then Texas should, yeah. Yeah. There's like a natural line, like right there at the Mississippi. It's like, yep. all right, you East of here? You're in the East. <laughs> yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> it would, but they probably won't do that because, like, history or whatever. It's stupid. Uh, speaking of stupid, uh, the Penn State versus Auburn game, last one that I did want to talk about, had the bad targeting call at the end of the game where, you know, the Penn State players reaching out for the end zone. He's not down at all. And an Auburn player comes in, hits him with the shoulder, and it gets called for targeting. He gets ejected from the game. It's just another great example of how stupid this rule is and how useless it is. Like, over the past couple of years, have we seen the game of football change to where people aren't targeting with their head? I saw a Maryland player jump full arms extended head first into a player. Yep. It's not changing the game of football. I think it was a quarterback that he <laughs> did it to. It's okay, have yeah. you ever been speared before? Here I am. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, Sparta. You can see him flying through the air and then literally lower his head <laughs> and target completely. Yeah. Like getting kicked out of the game is not really changing the way that these guys play football. I do agree that like there needs to be a change. But also when it's just it's a bang bang play like that, what do you want that defender to do? Yeah. Let him score. Hey, try to push him out of bounds. I mean, especially if it's with the shoulder. Like, you can't be having mm-hmm. the refs make. Like, you got to have a guy in New York who, maybe they are doing this and I don't realize it, but you got to have someone else kind of like overturn these calls at times. Like, hey, no, like, he did well, what he I could. I mean, that's what they do, though, is they, they, do, they do go to the review and they look at it and then it still comes back. It's is like, it yeah, the refs on the field that do it, it's though? It's in the booth. Yep. Well, then how the hell you mess this up? Mm-hmm. How can you uh, be in any the booth time and there's still like, make mistakes? contact to the head but really i know we've talked about it before it needs to be flagrant one flagrant two like what was the intent yeah did you purposefully target their head all right kick them out use the maryland game as an example mm-hmm. that's yeah yeah but it. i mean if you're you're going full speed and the ball carrier moves or he's falling you don't have time to adjust i know when you play it on slow-mo it looks like oh you probably should have just change your angle or whatever yeah you can't do that when you're going full speed and sometimes like if you're going to call on defense players you need to call on offensive players too like, oh you can't be sure. having a running back just completely drop his head mm-hmm. and then the defender is the one that's getting punished for yeah. it. yeah i know i've seen it before where it looked like ball carriers were head hunting themselves of like mm-hmm. i'm about to get you know an extra 15 yeah here but i mean it, it's definitely something that needs looked at but it's the ncaa so like is not going to change. Yeah, that wideout though for Penn State looked mm-hmm. incredible. And it they does do look it, cool. They do it so well. Again, watching game day, and I have not been the biggest Lee Corso supporter for the past like three, four years. Homie was dropping some truth about that wideout game. He's like, you can't can't have all this hype about a wideout game and then have your record be six and six. <laughs> you can't be batting five hundred and be like, oh, this is such a home field advantage. Actually, it's not at all. It's pretty neutral. And I would say if you're losing six out of 12 games at home, that might be a disadvantage. You should be winning <laughs> yeah. more games at home than you're losing, especially when you're trying some bullshit whiteout thing. Yep. It's cool to look out. Uh, I'm happy to see it. I would like to experience one of those games. I don't know that it's really a difference maker. No. Even it, for Auburn, they played that game close. They did. It was a close game. I think it was the Auburn and Penn State helmets at the like the end of 
college game day where he picks the teams. Yeah. And he's like holding up the helmets. And then he just completely dropped the Auburn helmet. Like it was another true like fuck it. Like he didn't nicely set it down on the table. It was just like he's got both helmets. And then he just like Chuck dropped it. It was uh-huh. like f it. And then held up Penn State. He just doesn't care anymore. He literally does it. <laughs> I didn't pay for that helmet. See ya. <laughs> yeah, they'll get another one. What yeah. are they gonna do? Fire me? No, I'll retire exactly. on your ass. Uh, but it was it was another good game. Uh, another great weekend of college football. And of course that Monday night football game tonight. But that's it for us today. And. As always, don't forget to use that Manscaped code Miked Up 20. So we have Miked Up 10 at Miners in Monroe and Miked Up 20 at Manscaped. It's fall, y'all. Time to keep doing that trimming. Don't let that cool weather fool you. I'll tell you what, TMI, but that's pretty much what you get here at the end of the oh, show. Oh, absolutely. Trim it up a little bit. Nice little fall breeze. Oh. Fall breeze on the boys. Hey, yo. Hey, the, this new one's got a freaking flashlight. Game changer. Yeah. Sun's, sun's going down a little bit earlier. Yeah. Maybe you're lost. Maybe you want to do some trimming, but also need to find your way through the forest. Yep. There you go. Mic'd up 20. 